Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica, Shelby, girl, first off, what's good, <laughs> what's happening, what's popping, how you feeling? It's 2021, girl. Girl, we back, we back, we back, we back, we back. Are we back? Okay. Yes. 20, well, 2021 uh, came in here like doing the full already, so we're definitely back. So. Right. 2020 came how in with bangs this time. The ba- not the bayang. The bang. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I feel like I haven't seen you in a month of Sunday. So like how was your new year? All of that. You know, my new year was really calm. It was really chill. I saw people out partying, but I have been taking the pandemic seriously. So I have been social distancing and keeping it low-key. Um, this is this year for me has started off. Very interesting. I will say it like that. But overall, you know, I don't have any complaints. Um, I feel like I am really going to try to make the best of 2021. I'm going to try to hit all my goals. I'm going to try to be as positive and optimistic as possible. Um, And I'm going to try to ride this way. Now, that's what I'm going to try to do. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. But... Yeah. That's what I'm going to try to do. Like, how has your 2021 started off? How is New Year's? What you got going? Um, My New Year's was actually, it was great. Um, Shout out to Noelle, my friend from D.C. She came into town and we literally turned my apartment into like our own New Year's Eve VIP <laughs> section at the club. Like, just for <laughs> us two. Um, I set up like this backdrop for a photo booth, my own makeshift photo booth. Um, and you know, had like the little 2021 accessories. We had a whole photo shoot dressed up, pop champagne. We wrote out our goals for the new year. Um, I have like last year, I remember writing out goals that I had like 20 goals. I'm like, girl, let's be a little bit more realistic. So this year I have like three main goals and I feel like I can really actually accomplish those three you know because I'm like I start off the year super super ambitious which is nothing's wrong with that but then by the end of 2020 I'm like girl you did about one and a half of these goals (laughs) (laughs) so um but yeah it was it was it's been okay um speaking of my friend being from DC uh on the sixth day of the new year did you see all of that stuff? I know you did, but did you, what were your thoughts about like the rioting um, that happened at the Capitol in DC? Wasn't that crazy? You know what? Honestly, that was a lot. And I literally, when I first saw it, like I couldn't believe like what I was reading. Like I had to log off and log back online because I was like, this can't yeah. be true. And I think for me, I honestly, I wasn't surprised um, that it was happening um, because I feel like it had been building and building and building and building. I'm just shocked that people are shocked. And I was just more so disappointed that I don't feel like a lot of people were held accountable for the terrorists that stormed the Capitol. Because anybody that's been to D.C. knows that a lot of times you can't even get close to those buildings. So that was the inside job. I was really mm-hmm. just more irritated and disappointed that because homeboy lost you think that it was rigged no he lost he just lost it wasn't rigged he lost so I was honestly overall I was just really disappointed and you know what say what you want but I was waiting for the police to let the chopper sing I didn't see no tear gas (laughs) I didn't see no rubber bullets I didn't see no fighting back until the night shift came where was the justice can you let me know Please tell me right. what was just. I was, right. and that and that probably sounds horrible to say to let the chopper sing. You can say whatever you want, but we all know that if they had been black, there would have been more blood on their hands. So it's oh, just sure. really, it's just really the audacity for me and to be a hypocrite. And but to me, I was really sad when I thought about it because it overshadowed 
um, them flipping the Senate Democratic, which we need so we can get some things done. So overall, I'm not shocked, but I, as weird as this to say, I think that it had to happen because at this point in life, like you either, like you're either on the right side of justice or you're on the wrong side of justice. And for me, I need to know what side you're on. So I need to know if I can fuck with you or not. Because I don't want anybody that supports that or thinks that's okay. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you in my life. I don't want to give you my energy. I don't want you to have my energy. I don't want to have access to you. And like, honestly, I was so exhausted. But I think what helped me get through it is Twitter. Like Twitter had me crying laughing because I just think it's so beautiful (laughs) how even in the midst of um, hurt, even in the midst of you know just terror and all that that we can still make a lot of situations to get through it because for one of my once in my life I turned on the tv I said this thing got nothing to do with us and I turned the tv back off um but that's just kind of how I felt about it what about you yeah same thing when I first saw it um well if anyone out there is like me where I don't really have the news on 24 7 because it's just super draining and really Twitter is like my news app for the day so like I randomly logged on to Twitter and I couldn't believe what I was seeing it like I just was like what is happening what is going on but like you were saying like because if if it was a group of us black people, it would have been a different outcome, a different situation. But that just tells you if anybody has ever questioned what white privilege is, that is literally the depiction of what white privilege is. They're like, their white works for them doing things like that. And it's so stupid because it just baffles me how Trump could have this whole cult basically behind him believing whatever it is that he says and it's crazy to me because he he had signed some executive order that like you get like an automatic 20 years or something for obstruction of a federal building like I don't understand why um you know this was such this was just so crazy and like what their purpose of doing this was just because they were mad like did they just get up I was like okay next Wednesday we, we about to go up to the Capitol and, and destroy it like what and right. When I was in high school, um, I went on like this college tour and one of our places was D.C. We visited Howard University and then we went to like all the museums and the Capitol was one of the places we toured. And when I tell you security had it on lock, like metal detectors, you got to go, you know, give your ID like it is not a game. So when I saw the videos on Twitter of some of the like federal um, officials, like letting people in the back door, like what? White privilege. That's exactly what that was. And another thing that pissed me off is that the fact that obviously Trump incited that whole thing, um, he still had the the right to have his departure speech when his presidency was over. And that pissed me off because I'm like, you should have packed your your ass and went home on the 6th. Like you should not have been able to finish your term of presidency. I don't care if it was a week before. Like right. to me, that really was another example of white privilege. And and I'm I'm glad that he got impeached. He got impeached twice. And I honestly I had to educate myself because I thought impeachment was like you fire, you're not the president. Bye. Right. But it actually just it actually just, you know, addresses like legal charges against him. Right. So for me, I was just like, I it, I was just so um, baffled by how people are, can be so brainwashed like that and be so um, just just wallowing in a white privilege. That's all I can really say. Um, but besides that, <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that like the inauguration ceremony went smoothly, even though you know it wasn't as traditional as we could have had it with like obviously the pandemic going on and then right, you know the craziness that happened at the Capitol. But I, I really thought that that was a relief. Right. <laughs> it seemed like once that ceremony happened and it was like, okay, we might be on the right path now. <laughs> so, right. I definitely agree. I, I feel like, like when I woke up on last um, Wednesday for the inauguration, first of all, the speech you just said, girl, I, girl, I was still asleep. I'm going to be him. No mind. But I did log <laughs> into the festivities um, when we had, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala, Kamala Harris to take their oath. First and foremost, before I get into my thoughts, let me say, Michelle Obama did not have to be on our necks like that. Let me tell you something. Those <laughs> curls were silky. They did not move. They were bouncy and they were not out of place. 
She was yes. so dang clean. People on Twitter was like, yeah, Michelle just showed up with some guy. She outshined everybody. <laughs> this came to yes. shut it down. When I tell you she shut it right. down, like Barack walked in there like he had the baddest chicken he did. She did. Let me tell you, she, let me tell you, she, you go ahead, Michelle. Slave. Slave. Um, <laughs> second of all, um, Joe Biden's granddaughters, they didn't come to play in their fashion yes. either. Jill Biden didn't come to play with us come either. On. And Kamala didn't come to play. So hats off to them. But on a serious note, um, I was really happy to see Joe Biden inaugurated because I just feel, I felt a lot lighter. I felt a lot more hopeful, a lot more optimistic. I felt like, I just felt like there was a shift in the atmosphere. Um, I am not a very big political mm-hmm. person either, but the last four years have been pure terror um, because just yes. the lack of disregard for humanity and and my skin color and accountability and audacity. So it's not so much that I think he's going to be our savior. It's just that we have somebody that's decent in the White House that knows what they're doing. Like I was watching a press conference the other day randomly with my grandmother. And I was like, oh, they're answering questions. They're getting to the money. Right. Um. So I am just really hopeful that, you know, God covers them. And it's it's just it's just decency. Um. Second thing. I, it really brought tears to my eyes to watch Kamala get, um, to take her oath and to get sworn in because first and foremost, to see somebody that is a, that is a woman and that had, and that is a black woman get sworn in, it just lets you know that anything is possible and that you can come over anything. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. And it just, it just warms my heart to think that so many black and brown girls get to see a reflection of themselves in the biggest house in the world, in the white house. It, shows me that you know as women that we can dream that we can pursue our passions and we can have it all for whatever that looks like for us so you know I honestly watching it mm-hmm. I was inspired I was encouraged and I kind of woke up feeling like okay she'll be like since this is a shift like you can really go after and do the things I felt like it was a shift for our country and I think it was a shift for me personally um because I feel just kind of re-energized. I had been feeling like really, really blah. And side note, I don't know about you, but I forgot what I was watching. But when she handed her gloves to her husband to go do her speech, I really hope that encourages more men to support their women and not be intimidated by women that are smart, that are strong, that are encouraging and do the dang thing. Because he is so happy to be the second gentleman. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it takes a very secure man to be in that position and support such an ambitious, powerful woman. Like, I just obviously I felt the same way as you did. All of their thoughts, I felt the exact same way. I also was lit when the Howard University drumline escorted her to the White House. I was like, that is lit. HBCU all over this. Like, that was just so, like, that warmed my heart. I didn't, I mean, I didn't go to an HBCU, but if I did... I would be just as lit um, escorting her to um, the White House. But I just was so it, it was a relief for me because I felt like 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 you were saying, these are people of decency and they seem like they actually care about making America better. Not, yeah. you know, they, they actually care about the the lives of the people that live here. So um, that's just what kind of warmed my heart. But you guys, I want you all to check out our website. Um, allthingsmillion.org. We publish a blog on our site about our all of our thoughts in depth on the inauguration ceremony. So please go check that out. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, we're going to keep it moving to everybody knows our first segment of the day, which is dating and relationships. But Shelby, before we get into that, I have to go on this mini rant about something that is upsetting me and my homegirls, you included as my homegirl. <laughs> which can we talk about i mean it kind of has something to do with dating can we talk about the danny lay situation so for you guys that don't know she has been trending on twitter she is a singer signed to def jam i believe and she was on her trailer and posted something about herself but it was her new song playing in the background called yellow bone and what she said was yellow bone is what he wants and so it got black twitter going crazy and so what really um threw me off about this is that she issued a apology and she had the nerve to say and i quote i was speaking on my man 
that's what he wants. That's what he has. How am I a racist? I am dating a whole chocolate man and I have beautiful melanin friends. Girl. Okay. So the reason she was trying to, I, don't, I mean, that doesn't sound like an apology to me that she no, it wasn't. That sounds like a lie, not apologizing, but you know, nobody asked me. And then, okay. First and foremost, I don't care if she was out there singing the ABCs, the one, two, threes. The song is trash, period. <laughs> I don't care what oh you were saying about the song trash. Listen, I listened it's to like a, I, I listened to a snippet of it because I saw people talking about it on Twitter and I was like, I ain't got time for all this. But I did listen to a snippet of, of the song and I said, Y'all are going, y'all are in a, such a disarray for a song that is horrible. Like I would never blast this in the car yeah. with my friends or get ready to this. Like it's trash, it's horrible. I don't even know why you wasted your money to make that. That's the first thing. The second thing is I hate when people say I'm not racist because I date a black man or because I have black friends that's dumb you can be racist and you can have black friends and date a black man and still be racist there are plenty of people um that are like that that's the second thing the third thing is don't issue an apology and it's not an apology the fourth thing Mm -hmm. while you were making this song you were saying that's what he liked that's what he has that's fine but you have to be very careful um I think songs like this I think there is so much uh tension in the black community between the different shades of black women like it's a thing like you know Mm -hmm. the light-skinned black women middle-skinned black women and dark-skinned black women so for me when you make music that further divides women like that that really bothers me and that don't sit right with me um and it's fine that you date a chocolate man. That's great. But you, your song is trash. And I don't think that it was made with good intentions. Like, I'm all for right. you hyping yourself up. I'm all for you and saying, I'm beautiful. I'm this. I'm that. I'm, you know, I'm beautiful. Whatever. But don't do it to the tournament of someone else. Because to me, it made it seem like you were saying, you know, yellow bones are superior. But like, darker skinned women, you know, they're all right. And that all, they, they aren't all that. And that's my issue with it. And, you know, she's come under fire before. This is not the first time. And I don't even think she's black. Like, she's something else. So, can you really she's be a yellow bone again. if you're not black? I'm just, no, I'm, I'm asking for no, it. I'm not can't. being funny. I'm not even, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm asking. No. So. No, you can't. That's the black term for us. Um, So, I do like a little song, Easy. Um, but this song was not easy. This song was horrible. This song was trash. And you ain't got no real friends to tell you that that was trash. And your man, I love the baby. Don't get me wrong. I love him. But you were wrong for telling your, for not telling your girl that that song was horrible. And she should have kept it to herself or to you. And that's what I was thinking too, because if she has the, all of these melanin friends and her chocolate man, why nobody checked you on that? And then that's what really be upsetting me and my homegirls. Cause, well, first of all, side note, people thought that she was shading the baby's baby mama, Mimi, because she's a chocolate woman and they have a chocolate baby together. Like, so obviously she was, it kind of comes across like she was shading him. So the the issue is she, number one, she's not a yellow bone. Like you were saying, she's, a, she's Hispanic. That's, Yellow bone is a is a term for black people that are light skinned. And what killed me is when she apologized or apologized, she she sat up there with some long blonde jumbo box braids talking you. in a black <laughs> You said black like, girl. But <laughs> yes. But you know what really irks me is that when women who are not black um that get with a black man. Oh. They think it's a path to like say things like that. It is it's not, not a path because at You're the end not of the day, you still have your preconceived notions. Right. Yeah, you still have your, your preconceived notions of the culture, how black people are. Let me tell you one thing. Everybody loves black culture. Please prove me wrong. Everybody loves black culture. Until it's time to be black. So I just, right, thank you. So that just, I had to get that off my chest. It was really upsetting me and all my homegirls so I just had to say that before we get into <laughs> our uh actual dating and relationships segment so um let's get into it so I saw this post on um the shade room and wanted to get your thoughts on it Shelby so it says I used to be really good friends with a guy but we broke off our friendship because his girlfriend hated that I would say love you when I hang up the phone If you're that insecure that you don't want your partner being loved by their friends, you shouldn't be in a relationship. What are your thoughts on that? Go ahead, Shelby. (laughs) You already know that I probably have a very unpopular opinion about this. 
So mm-hmm. y'all can fight your mama. Anyway, um, so when, fight your mama. You can fight your mama. Try Jesus, don't try me. Anyway, so when I read this and I was looking at this, like I feel two ways about it. So let me say this. Okay, so let me just set it up like this. I have a guy that is like my best friend. Like we are really, really good friends. I have two really, really good friends that are like my brothers that are like family that I can talk to. They see me at my worst. Like just will pull up for me anytime, anywhere, no matter what. So I, not like all the time, like every time I talk to them, but every blue moon, like if we're having a conversation or we're talking or, you know, they have consoled me about something, I'll say, you know, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Love you. That's me. But I really want to point out that we are strictly platonic friends. We have set the tone to be platonic friends. We have never crossed the line. We are not going to cross the time line. We are just straight up family. So I think if it's platonic and it's set up like that, I personally don't see anything wrong with telling your friend of the opposite sex that you that you love them. I don't, but I think it's, but I think that if you do that, I think that you have to be strictly platonic. I think that you have to establish that um, and the other person has to know. Now, what I will say that if you're sitting around and you're telling your friend of the opposite sex that you love them, but you like them and you have a crush on it and you're on the crush on them and you're trying to wreck their relationship, then I have a problem with it. Like, that's cool. Nobody wins when that happens and people tend to get hurt. I think at the end of the day, like it would come when I read this, it comes down to her friend. Like, because in when, when you were reading the post, you said that her friend, which is a guy, is dating this girl and the girl doesn't like him. So he broke the friendship with them. It also comes down to him. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you're really good friends and they've had your back, then maybe he could have had a conversation with his girlfriend to kind of explain it, to kind of smooth it off and to kind of set boundaries and to listen to the boundaries that, you know, she gave him. But at the end of the day, he did what he felt he needed to do to keep his girl, which is fine because it's his life. I think it sucks because this person probably had his back. This person has probably, you know, been down for him and done life with him and just, you know, done all these things. But I think when you get with somebody and you get in a relationship, I think the dynamic changes. And I think especially if you have friends of the opposite sex, you have to be with somebody that is very secure in themselves and very secure in your relationship. I think that you have to have clear boundaries. And I think that you have to let the other person know that you have clear boundaries. I've dated people in the past that have had a problem with me having um, a really close male friend or male friends but the thing is like he has literally had my back through every season of my life i'm talking crazy seasons by bipolar season i'm talking snap seasons like you don't let people like that go so i get it so i think for me i probably have the unpopular opinion but i think it's okay as long as there are boundaries as long as it's platonic and everybody's on the same page i think it's okay what about you um so (laughs) for me I think the girl is doing too much just by I'm just judging this scenario that we just that I just read because nobody is saying that you know her the the guy can't be loved by their friend but like you kind of touched on having boundaries I feel like just by reading that it just kind of gave me the instinct that boundaries are being crossed and I feel like if you have respect for your guy friend and you know that makes his girlfriend uncomfortable then why aren't you respecting the relationship and the boundaries to be like you know what he knows that I I got love for him there's no reason for me to say that every time you hang up the phone so that would be my issue if I was the the girlfriend I don't necessarily think it's an insecurity thing I just don't like I'm really big on boundaries and respect and I feel like that that is crossing boundaries and that's not being respectful to your close guy friend's girlfriend and their relationship however I don't know the extremities of what like the whole thing so obviously I don't want to speak on like why he broke off the entire friendship you know what I mean like I don't think to me, that's kind of extreme. And then we don't know how long that they have been good friends. Um, but right. at the same time, like 
said he kind of did what he had to do to keep his girlfriend. But for me, if I had a boyfriend that his female friend always said, love you, like when we hang up the phone, girl, I say that to him too. What you saying after him for every time? Like, <laughs> no. So um, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having love for your friend. But I think right. if you really have love for your friend, genuine love, there's no ill intent behind it. You don't have a crush on him. You ain't trying to slide in as soon as they fight in, you know, then there's nothing wrong with having love for your friend and being like, oh, I just appreciate you. For me, I have had guy friends where I tell them how much I appreciate them or love them from time to time. This right. is not every time I hang up the phone. Right. You know, so that makes me a little uncomfortable. And I don't, like I said earlier, I don't think that that is um, an insecurity. And then it's like, was her man saying it back to the girl or what? Like, what are we doing? So, yeah. um, also, you just never know um, what people's real intentions are. Like, it can get really messy with whether it's a platonic friendship or not. Like, when you you could think you don't have feelings for a person, but then when you see them get into a relationship, it might bring up some feelings. And so we don't know if she's saying "love you," like you know, I really want to be with you, like "love you," like that kind of thing. So I just right. think that it's kind of inappropriate and that. Like I said, just um, if you respected your friend and his relationship, then you would put those boundaries on it and just kind of tone down, take it down three notches. Because for me, I ain't the one or the two or the three. Um, Yeah. I ain't got no man, so it don't matter. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like at some point that, like, disrespect was shown. Um, So I feel like that's probably – because I feel like for the most part, guys are pretty chill and different things like that, and guys pretty much go with the flow. So I feel like there's something else kind of like what you hit it on, something else like traumatic happened or something else happened behind the scenes. Because, you know, like just in general, whether it's friends or romantic, like in general, women get really territorial over things and Mm -hmm. over people they care about and over people they love. And sometimes even if you're a friend, like – I'm not saying she did, but maybe she got super, super territorial. And girl, he got a whole girlfriend that's hunching him. Calm down. Right. Um, right. So you really have to like, <laughs> you really have to be careful with that. Um, because like, like for me, I feel like when a lot of people, you know, meet me and my best friend, like I get so often like, are y'all really just friends? Yes, we are. Like, I don't think sometimes people get it, but I think in this scenario, kind of like what you said, you hit it on, like something happened that we don't know about because it just seems really dramatic for him to um, cut it off. Like there's some stuff that she, there's some more stuff obviously that she didn't tell or that she didn't hit on because there has to, I can't see someone breaking off a friendship just for, I love you. You know, like, did you have a conversation with her? Did you set boundaries? Did you set standards? Did you let him know how your girl was feeling? Like, or did you just say, hey, you know what? We done because you keep saying, like, I just wish I knew the rest of the story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just about boundaries and respect. I mean, that's really all that it is. So, but I just have a feeling that that girl is being a little shady trying to take her man. But, you know, maybe I just watched too much Lifetime movies and it always end up like (laughs) we went. I don't put I don't put none past nobody that's not in my immediate Trusted ride or die circle, Facts. and that's on. Facts. And that's on. Mary had a little lamb. Okay, I've been wanting to say that. <laughs> Can you say it one more time, please? <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect. It has to be sporadic. <laughs> okay, my bad. Okay, hopefully you'll say it again. Um, in our next segment. So let's move <laughs> on <laughs> to the journey. So this segment is when Shelby and I discuss how our journey of building our brand, all things melanin, has been going, especially at the start of this new year. So let's talk about it, Shelby. Let's talk about our goal setting for our brand. So let's cover things like how does goal setting help our brands and us? Um, How do we go about setting the goals for our brand? How many goals do we focus on? What are our top three goals? And then let's at the end, like share a personal goal um, with the audience. Right. So yeah, let's bring it back to the first question. How does goal setting help us? Um, I would definitely, I think goal setting helps us because it helps us stay on track. It helps us to, you know, stay on purpose and it helps us really to establish our why. I feel like throughout the year, obviously, you know, just being human and with life happening, you have ups and downs. And I feel like for us, um, having goals allows us to have something to look back to and to keep going and really kind of gives us direction 
um, for the year. Eric and I usually always kind of have a theme or things that we want to accomplish. And I think also goal setting makes sure that we're on the same page. Because especially like when you have a business partner and you're doing something with somebody else, you have to be on the same page at all times. I feel like when you're not on the same page, that's how you get frustrated. I think that's how things go through holes. And I think that's how things, you know, fall apart. So I think honestly, just in general, um, having goals for us really just keeps us on track and allows us to have a good year um, in our business professionally and also um, personally. Yeah, I obviously would say the same, (laughs) but also um, goal setting just really helps us stay focused, Um, especially when we're intentional about the goals we're setting and we're setting realistic goals in a realistic time frame, if that makes sense. We're not, I'm not saying, you know, don't like kind of like I was saying earlier about my own, like just setting like 35, 20, 25 goals and not being able to attain any of them. What really helps us is to actually set realistic goals to help us stay focused on what the end goal is. Like, why are we setting this particular goal? What is our end goal? Um, So that's the only thing I would add to that. So um, another thing is, how do we go about, how do we actually go about setting these goals? I think for us, what has worked for us, and and I like that we do, is that when we share ideas or goals or just anything in general, like nothing is off limits. Nothing is a dumb idea. Nothing is stupid. Nothing is too far-fetched. So for us, we will, like in this scenario, we, I think we had a meeting about a week or two ago and I said, hey, you know, what what are some goals that you think that we should have for our brand or for all things nailing it? And Erica listed out everything that she could think of. I listed out everything that I could think of and together we consolidated um, our list. So I think it's important when you're consolidating our, your goals um, is to write everything down um, and then pick the top three that you think are the most important or that are going to bring the most value to your personal life or to your brand. What do you think, friend? Yeah, um, I would add to that is saying that we obviously always have our Q1 meeting at the top of the year. And then just kind of we always discuss like what our areas of improvement are. So that way that helps you kind of set goals too. Cause it's like, you always want to, there's always room to improve. So that's a good starting point. If you just really can't think of another goal you want, like think about the different areas that you can improve on. And then we kind of write goals based um, on that in our meetings. And so you kind of already touched on it, Shelby, about how many goals do we focus on? You said three main goals. So what are our top uh, three main goals? I know we have Engagement on social media, right? Um, sponsorships for our podcast, and I think it's creating engaging content. I think yeah. those were three. Those are three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, like I was saying, like, wouldn't you agree that I mean, not that we haven't been uh striving for these goals the year before, but these are areas of improvement that we can really like dive deeper into it this year yeah I definitely think um that's kind of the purpose of goals I think when you set goals you shouldn't set goals that you can um necessarily easily attain I think goals should be a challenge I think goals should push you and I think that goals should be area an area of improvement I think one of the things that pushed us to have these three specific goals is Erica and I we have come to the point in our friendship and in our business friendship in our business relationship, that we are brutally honest with each other. And so I think a part of setting goals is asking yourself hard questions. And the hard questions that we ask ourselves is what can we do better? What do we need to improve in? And all three of our goals are areas that we're doing okay in, but areas that we can improve in as well. So I think that was very important for us in setting our goals and I think us choosing three is, you know, very realistic for us. So we don't um, so we don't get overwhelmed and we don't get bogged down. I think kind of like what you touched on in the past, we set so many goals that were great and amazing, but I can't even tell you how many we actually accomplish. I think sometimes right. when you're setting goals, it ma- it matters more 
the goal than how many goals that you have. Because you want to make sure that when you're goal setting, that you're setting yourself up for success, that you're setting yourself up in a way you're setting your you're setting a goal that first and foremost is attainable. You're setting a goal that is realistic and you're setting a goal that as long as you get in, you roll your sleeves up and do the work that you can achieve. I think that's um, something that's, you know, very personal. I think that's something that's, you know, very necessary. Yes, I agree with that. Um, 100% obviously. <laughs> um, so how about we share a, a personal goal? Uh, what would be one of yours? Um, one of my personal goals, I, I have three or five, but the one goal I think that I'm going to be heavy, um, on focus on this year is being more financially savvy. Um, and you know, creating a budget, um, being more aggressive in saving, being more aggressive, um, and setting myself up. Um, I think sometimes, you know, I look back on and I think about, I wish I had learned more things financially, you know? Um, so one of my goals this year that I'm focused on is just really to be more financially savvy and to set myself up to educate myself and, um, about it that way I have actually I haven't told you but I actually got a financial planner um, okay, girl. and yes. because so side note is I asked Erica all kind of financial questions <laughs> like I would mm-hmm. text her call her and she and I say that not and I say that because I found that sometimes when you bring up money or you ask financial questions like people tend to act like it's such a big secret and they can't tell you anything so when I would share things with Erica or I would ask her questions, like she never would like make me feel dumb or not smart or like you should know this. Like she would listen to me. She would answer my questions. If she didn't have the answer, she would ask her mom. Her mom always answers my financial questions. And I guess just for me, being at the stage I am at in my life and having some really big financial goals going for in the future, it's really important for me to be, you know, just I guess smarter and more knowledgeable financially. So what would be your personal goal, friend? Yay. Well, I would just like to say I'm proud of you for doing that and taking that step forward. I'm really excited for you. Um, So that way you can't blame me if something (laughs) about my unsolicited advice about your coin. Um, But anyway, no. (laughs) My, uh, let's see, my personal goal would be um, just to be more intentional. And I know Mm -hmm. that kind of sounds very broad, but I mean, this could actually fit in, um, you know, being more intentional with our our brand too. Cause I remember I told you the other day, I was like, I'm just trying to be more intentional. I don't want to be, you know, the reason why we slack in is because of me. But what I mean by intention is I have gotten so comfortable in just going through the motions. Like yeah. I'll use our brand. For example, we do always say that we work like a well or oiled machine, but sometimes for me, that could get me just going through the motions and not really being present in what I'm doing. Right. Does that makes sense. So I'm always, I always find myself just giving the bare minimum because I'm just used to doing it and I could do certain things, you know, with my eyes closed type of thing and not really being intentional about what I'm doing. So, for example, is this year I'm really trying to just make smaller changes. I'll Mm -hmm. use the brand, for example, again, is like instead of just chilling on my phone on social media, um, doing our social media, I'll literally make myself sit down at my desk on my laptop and for this amount of time and do whatever needs to be done. Just kind of things like that so I can force myself to be present in what I'm doing and and have some real intent behind right. it. Also for personally to be more intentional and present is I find myself just all I'm the type of person that's finds myself not in the moment and I'm always thinking about what else I got to do tomorrow. And that's not cool because I'm missing out on what's actually happening right now. Right. So um like I said earlier, I have three big goals that I'm I want to accomplish this year. And I think the only way I'm going to do that is if I'm intentional by doing something every day that's going to, whether it's just doing something for 20 minutes towards that, rather than me sitting around for 20 hours thinking about doing it, (laughs) you know, it's like, so I would just say, just be more intentional. Stop doing the bare minimum. I don't accept the bare minimum from my man. So why am I accepting the bare minimum for myself? Okay. Listen, that's a whole word. (laughs) And that's on what shall be. Mary had, Mary had a little lamb, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You said it. Okay. 
So let's keep it moving on to our next segment, the mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that was submitted to us, and then we'll give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Erica and Shelby. I need your advice on something. I recently launched a lifestyle blog that focuses on sharing tips for millennial women that are into fashion, food, motherhood, and travel. I've been going back and forth with launching my brand, and I finally had the guts to hit launch and put it out there. Yay, girl. Um, When I was brainstorming with my friends, they were encouraging and supportive. But now that it's launched, only one friend is supporting me, reposting my things, or even sharing my content. My feelings are hurt because anything they do, I go above and beyond to support, share, and do whatever I can to have their back. Are are my friends being shady and unsupportive, or am I just overreacting? Um, I feel two ways about this, <laughs> um, and I'm about to let you know what they are. So, in no particular order, I feel like. I feel where you're coming from. First and foremost, like congratulations, congratulations on launching your brand because often that's the hardest thing to do is to launch, is to do it, is to jump. So congrats. Um, and one thing I think that I found in us doing our brand is that sometimes the people that you think are going to support for you and ride for you aren't going to ride for you like you think they are. Um, and it could be a multitude of things. One of the things could be is are the things that you're posting about and are the things that you're doing, does it really, I guess, align with their life and their goals and where they're at in their life right now? Um, I think that could be a factor. But I think on the other end of it, it could be, okay, your friends see you doing stuff. And sometimes when you're doing stuff um, and you're bettering and you're putting yourself that your gift out there, sometimes people can tend to get jealous. I think when it comes to that, you really just kind of have to take it for what it is, um, take names and keep it pushing. I don't think that, I think obviously you should feel how you feel and feeling hurt and feeling disappointed because I'm like you also in that, like, if my friends tell me that they want to do something, I'm going I'm to go so hard in the paint for them. I'm going to do whatever I can to support them. But everybody don't got that spirit and that's not everybody's ministry. So I think that you have to take notes and, you know, obviously it's disappointing and it's sad, but be thankful for your friend that is supporting you and is going hard for you. Obviously return that energy, but the energy that you're not getting from your friends, like use that as fuel to build a community that is supportive. Use that as fuel to build a community that goes hard for you, that reposts, you know, and shares, you know, your things um, and your brands. I, I, on one end, I do think that friends should, you know, support you in different things like that because I feel like my circle of friends does that. But I also think that, you know, if it doesn't relate to them or if they don't feel inclined to, I don't think that they have to necessarily. What do you think? Um, I agree with what you were saying as well. I know it can be very disheartening to, you know, you're so excited. It People just don't understand the risk that it takes or the anxiety that comes with releasing something, launching something, putting something out there that's you and yours. Right. And so you want to have that emotional support. But I'm sad to say that I'm not surprised. I feel like, um, you know, of course you would expect all of your friends to support in certain ways, but some people may not even think that deeply into it. Right. Some people may support you the first week of your launch and yep. then year, a year a year later it's like, girl, you didn't even share my post. Like you 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 know, so I would say that on on one of the one hand, people probably don't for one, they don't understand the vision. So they're not necessarily thinking that deep into it. They could right. be like, oh that's my friend. She got a cute little lifestyle blog. Like that's my friend. But they don't understand what your exact vision is with it. So kind of like what you were saying, Shelby, is like building your own community. I think that don't worry about that one friend or them them other friends that aren't supporting you because you will make new friends when you start connecting with other lifestyle bloggers and influencers. That's a way for you to connect with more people and make real friends that will actually support you. And honestly, it it usually is the people, the strangers that you don't know supporting you the most. But I want you all to always remember that, like, 
they watching, girl. Like your friends that ain't supporting, they watching. Cause somebody told me one time, they were like, if you are, it's the ones that like not liking your posts, it's the ones that's watching the most. I actually believe that. I mean, oh, I, do I do. And then also just take note um, of, cause people are gonna show you who they are and who's really rocking with you, Come but on. I don't want you to change your heart towards them. Come so on. if they eventually put out something, still support them, still like it, still share it, still encourage them. Yeah. I don't want you to turn into like, well, you ain't post my right. post, so I'm not gonna see anything of yours. So I think that um, that's just the name of the game. Like not everyone will support you. Um, right. like I think that they should. So just keep it moving, keep doing your thing. Um, like I said, you'll make new friends. Um, that will be supportive, the, the support that you need. And this is only the beginning, girl. So, I mean. Right. Anyways, and just congrats to, on your launch. And just to add to that, I think, um, and me and Erica say this all the time, or we talk about it all the time, is that, like, when you, like, launch something or you launch a brand or a business and you put yourself out there, a lot of times the people around you can't relate to you. And so if they can't relate to you, then they don't get it. And if they don't get it, then they tend not to go as hard for you or they tend not to support you you know, like you thought they would in different things like that. And I think this really kind of what Erica said, it's just the beginning. I think that you have to condition yourself to hype yourself up, to cheer yourself on until you be your own cheerleader, until you get the support and the backing um, that you want. A lot of times I don't necessarily think family and friends don't support you because they don't want to, but I don't think, I think it's because they honestly really don't understand the dedication, the hard work, the long night, and maybe sometimes even the tears that go into it. And I tend to find that when people don't understand something or they don't comprehend it, they really don't know how to support you. Yes, that is great. And I think also um, when you are at those beginning stages, like, and you share it, like, I don't know, I don't know where you're sharing your stuff, but if you're sharing it on Facebook, most of the people on Facebook are your family and your cousins and your aunties. And it's like, oh, you know, your your auntie posts, oh, look at my, you know, niece, niecey poo doing her thing. But not to say that that's not great, but oftentimes your family doesn't even understand how big your vision is for your lifestyle blog. You know right. what I mean? So they might think, oh, it's cute. She posting that, that's cute. But you got to continue to focus on where you're trying to take your lifestyle blog and not necessarily focus on who is supporting you, especially in the beginning. Because one thing's for sure is when you blow up and your mm-hmm. lifestyle blog is really influencing people, I bet you a hundred pennies that (laughs) (laughs) that's all I got um that they are going to come out the woodwork isn't it always like that when you actually make it or you know quote unquote make it to a a higher level of influence that's when everybody come out the woodwork it's like you was not just with me in the gym so what are you doing so I just wanted to add that to the little my little tidbit on that (laughs) you're completely right friend I agree Yes. Yeah, so if you guys have any questions that you want us to answer, please send us an email um, to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So to wrap things up, we're going to leave you guys with a words uh, with words of encouragement. Um, Shelby, you want to go ahead and read the Bible verse for today? Yes. So our Bible verse comes from Habakkuk. I hope I said that right. Sorry. Two and two. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth that readeth it. Um, I know we've read this in the past, but I just feel like it was really relevant to read again. And especially relevant since we are in a new year and we are in 2021. Um, I really want to encourage anybody out there, no matter what point you are um, in your life, is to write the vision down that you have for your life and to write your goals down. I think it's really important. I think when you write it down and you can see it, I think that you're setting intentions. And I think that it's a way to hold yourself accountable. Um, I'm all for manifesting, but I think that when you write it down, you still have to do the work. And I think that when I read this, I, I love this verse because To me, it tells me that God is telling me to write the vision down so I don't forget, so I can remember what my purpose is, so that I can remember what my mission is, so I can remember what he's called me to do. I think when you write it down, you are, you're essentially putting it out into the world to let the world know your intentions and what you intend to be. But I obviously think that you have to back it up 
and do the work. I want to let you know that like whatever your wildest dream is or whatever you're hoping and believing for, write it down. And if you have to write it every single day, write it down until you believe it. Because I feel like when you believe it, you kind of get this crazy faith that I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I, have you ever wrote something down, Erica? And it may be wild to the ordinary person. You say, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do this. Yes. I feel like when you do that with your vision and you do that with your goals, it's a reminder to who God has called you to be. Because I really believe that God is not going to give you a vision. He's not going to give you goals and intentions that he doesn't want you to accomplish. So I think writing it down reminds us of the work that we need that needs to be done. And I think it's a good way to set intentions for the year. And I feel like on those days that you have a bad day and you want to cry or, you know, maybe somebody yelled at you or just wasn't a good day because we all have those days. Like I go back and I read my intentions and sometimes I just keep writing them and I keep writing them until I believe everything that I've written. And I go out and I do the work and I read it and I write it and I read it and I write it. And I just want to encourage you that no matter what season you are in your life, whether you're at the beginning stage or whether you're on the cusp of giving what you need to get, keep going, write it down and remember your why, your purpose and your mission. What does it mean to you, friend? That was so good. Like, I only got about three words to add to that. So (laughs) I will say that um, for anybody like me that I love to write stuff down, but sometimes when I write stuff down, I start to get kind of overwhelmed with what I'm writing down. And when you start to actually see the vision written down, you're like, how in the world am I going to do this? But I just want to let anybody that um, is listening to us, don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen that day, that month, that year. Because this, you're all, even you could write down anything that you want to write down, but it's only going to happen in the season that God has for. in his will for you. Right. So I know that for me, I'm, I'm talking to myself, y'all, like I would write down all these visions. I'm like, God, I don't see it. And I feel like we have to remember that the day that you plant that seed is not the day that you see the fruit. So you can't think so you can't think that as soon as you write it down, oh, it's gonna happen in two months. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But my whole point is to always when you write it down, pray over it, pray that God's will is over it because you never want to do something that he doesn't really want you to be doing. And if it doesn't happen on your timetable, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So that's all I want to say on on that. So go ahead, Pastor Shelby. (laughs) Okay. So I'm just going to close us out in prayer. Bow your head. Close your eyes. If you're driving, sway with it. Do not close your eyes. I do not want to be held liable. I do not want to be held liable. Anyway. We ain't got any chance. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we come to you as almost as we know how. First and foremost, just to thank you for allowing us to see another year, for allowing us to see 2021, Lord Jesus. We pray for every person assembled that is listening to this podcast. We don't know their worries. We don't know what they're carrying. We don't know what they have in their mind, but you do. We pray first and foremost, Lord, that you would cover and keep them all of 2021, Lord Jesus. We pray that you would lighten their burdens. We pray that you would protect them from harm. We pray that you would lead and guide them in the way that you would want them to go. We pray that you would open doors that no man can close. Lord Jesus. We pray that abundance and opportunities would flow, Lord Jesus. We pray that their wildest dreams would come true. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just really, really um, look out for them in this season. And we pray that as we go through 2021, we pray that you would cover all of our elected officials. We pray that you would um, just really, really uh, encourage people. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.